Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So why did Willie Taggart fail in what was his dream job, and who are some of the candidates to replace him at Florida State? Has Jameis Winston turned the corner, and does it seem as if he's headed for at least a franchise tag with the Bucks? Will USF upset Temple, and how many more games can Charlie Strong and the Bulls win this season? Should the Lightning be worried with their less-than-fast start this year? We've got all that and more to talk with Chris Torello of Bay News 9 Spectrum Sports 360 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with Steve Versnick. Hey, some good news, uh, Steve, from the Lightning. Victor Hedman was on the ice on Tuesday with his teammates in Sweden, and uh, too early to say whether he'll play in his mother country, but that's that's good news for sure because that looked like a pretty serious injury. Yeah, he's missed the last two games. He was put on IR, which means you have to sit out at least a week, so that time has passed. But he was back at practice, still listed as day-to-day. Cooper, uh, John Cooper said they're not going to rush him. Um, but I know he'd like to play in Sweden, so oh, if it's yeah. up to him, he'll play, but I think the team will be cautious with him. Uh, but, you know, this is a big trip for Victor over there, and he's been looking forward to this, and he's kind of the, the face of this trip, particularly for the Lightning being from Sweden. So, Yeah, it'd be, be a shame if he couldn't get on the ice for him, but we'll see what happens there. And some some news also over there, uh, because of the distance, they're going to allow, what, both both teams to carry a third goaltender? Yeah, so Scott Wedgwood was uh, sent over from Syracuse. Now, he has not been recalled by the team. The league has made an exception for both the Sabres and the Lightning to have a third goalie over there uh, because if a if one of your goalies gets hurt, it's a little hard to get them from Syracuse or Rochester or wherever those teams may be playing to, to Sweden in a day, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with the time zone change and whatever else. Um, so they, they are carrying a third goalie. Scott Wedgwood's over there now. So, uh, But he's not recalled at this point, but he's there for an emergency situation. So smart thinking by the league. Uh, very smart indeed. And uh, some NFL news, uh, if you missed it, the Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton out for the season. They're going to put him on uh, injured reserve with that foot injury. So you certainly uh, know now that Kyle Allen will be their quarterback going forward. He's been their quarterback most of this year. Has all their wins, as a matter of fact. They're five and three, and a chance to uh, you know to have a good second half and maybe win ten, eleven games. Who knows? Get in the postseason. But you wonder what this means now for Newton going forward. If Kyle Allen is their quarterback and can win ten, eleven games, uh, do the do the Panthers really want Cam Newton back, or would he want to go someplace else? So um, you know, he has sort of this Liz Frank injury, which is kind of a weird thing with the foot. But if he comes back healthy, he might be a guy that could be on the free agent market. Yeah, because you got several quarterbacks now. I mean, Cam Newton, Jameis mm-hmm. Winston could be a free agent at the end of the year. Andy Dalton, um, I don't think he can be a free agent, but he's most likely going to be traded, I would Most assume. likely. He's pretty Eli much Manning. asked for it at this point. Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. So some interesting quarterbacks could be available next season for teams. Yeah. Well, just keep that in mind as we move through this Bucs season. And, and Tom and Brady, to of course, out. he's leaving New England, as everyone keeps reporting. Well, he sold his house, so according to my sources – he could be maybe and his trainer. Both of them have sold their houses together. They're going to live somewhere, maybe in London, playing for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, have you ever, by the way, Dean Spanos, there was this report 
on the athletic uh, that uh, you know San Diego's one of the team or not San Diego the Chargers mm-hmm. Los Angeles Chargers now um, that they were one of the teams that the NFL would uh, certainly consider uh, if they wanted to uh, be be a team in London be the team in London and uh, I guess uh, Spanos came out and said it's total complete bull something uh, you can fill in the blank but. Uh, yeah, he says, and we're not going anywhere. We're staying in Los Angeles. Uh, why would the and, NFL want to move it? That you, you work so hard to get two teams in L.A. Why would you want to move one? Yeah, I don't think they'd want to. I mean, but, well, you know, the Chargers draw about 30,000. But I'll be honest with you. If I were the Chargers, I would rather draw 30,000 in L.A. than 80,000 in Tottenham uh, over in London. That's just me. Um, I'd rather be in the L.A. market and not have my players have to worry about, you know, two. Re- I mean, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Whoever does it, my money has been and will forever be on Jacksonville oh. until they show me another team goes in there. I think I think the Jaguars are for sure the team that the league would would target. But the here's the question. Over. Are they going to move one or two teams to London? I don't know because that. if I you move one, two, if you move two, that means you only have to come to the states for 7 games instead of 8. Assuming you you still true. have a 16 game schedule. True. You're assuming they'd be in the same division. Well, they I, every I, year? if they're going to move two, it makes sense to do that. Yeah, right. The London division. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I get that part. I just think I think it's going to be really difficult for another franchise to want to go over there. I can see where Jacksonville would. And there's going to be so many logistical issues. Uh, I think, you know, you got to keep a, a home training center in, in the United States. I think, um, you know, for travel purposes, you know, the waiver wire becomes difficult. Just like we we're talking about with Sweden, why they're allowing this exception for them to have a third goaltender because of the distance. You know, you've got to have practice squad people. You've got to have extra players when you get injuries, and um, you've got to work people out. You know, and so, you know, that distance would become a factor that they'd have to sort of bridge somehow. And they could, like I said, I think whatever team ends up there is going to have a United States headquarters. Uh, and so, so, let's say it's Jacksonville, they would keep their training facility here as well. And when they came to the states for multiple weeks, they would return there and train, and then, you know, go back to London when it was time for a home game. But they could also have some portion of front office, you know, where they needed to work guys out from the States or um, do those sort of things on Tuesdays. But, yeah, there are some serious logistical problems, and I just can't see leaving the L.A. market uh, to go to London. But, uh, anyway, for what it's worth, Spanos has shot that one down. So lots of news and notes around uh, the NHL and the NFL. All right, the lovely, the talented uh, Chris Trello from Bay News 9 Spectrum Sports 360 joins us now. And, Chris, uh, let's start with some college football, not a, a small story, obviously. Um, we've got, uh, <laughs> well, uh, did I just hear, did, did I just hear Mike Francesa with a moan there? What, what's, what's going on? Hey, speaking of that, speaking of that, Mike, it, like last night I'm watching the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys and, and Daniel Jones, a black cat, runs onto the field. Uh, yeah, probably plays for the Jets. <laughs> oh, but uh, no, it was good. You know, I mean, listen, the cat, the cat had more rushing yards than the team. You know, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, more I mean, than Barkley, uh, right? Uh, probably more yeah. than. Bar- I mean, listen, they couldn't catch him. You know, it was the only, the only. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the only giant the Cowboys couldn't catch last night was that was that black cat. That's about it. That's about it. So. And I saw, and they had out, they had the the memes out there were hysterical. Jason Kitten, and then Michael Strahan, you know. So I was. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> it was really funny. It it, uh, it, it, it kind of made the day. So back back to yeah segue segues we call them business back to back to the field. We got Willie Taggart, who's God bless him. You know he had his dream job, and now he's just about eighteen million dollars or so richer, but without his job at Florida State. They fire him during the middle of the season. Chris, we knew it wasn't trending right, but like, how surprised are you that they actually pulled the trigger now? And what do you think probably led to that decision to do it to do it rather than wait till the end of the season? You know, I mean, you 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 kind of saw the writing was um, was kind of on the wall, and uh, I know our uh, our uh, my guy Josh Newberg for twenty four seven Sports with the Knowles, he kind of reported it about two three weeks ago that there was that window where between a Sunday and like a Tuesday, if FSU wasn't happy, they could call right up uh, to Jimmy Sexton, Willie Taggart's agent, and say, "Hey, let's let's make a deal." So I'd I'd have to think the framework was in place because. Uh, now it takes me a little bit of time to raise 20 million. So I'm guessing it takes FSU a little bit of time to raise 20 million. So, but I mean, you, you, that, that's an effort that just doesn't come overnight. So especially yeah. with the financial issues that that school has and will continue to have. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think it was, the writing was on the wall and I think the Miami game, unfortunately. And then one more thing that really got me was uh college game days, Kirk Herbstreet. He kind of had that big rant about how, FSU doesn't look anything like they did under Bobby Bowden and just kind of a shell of themselves. So, so I think that may have helped. I think they just, they had to pull the trigger and I think it just wasn't working. And, uh, you know, I think Matt Baker was on with you guys earlier and he said it perfectly. You either, you know, why are you going to wait to do something that has to be done? So, um, Hmm. you know, it, it just had to be done. And, um, you know, I think everyone here in the Bay area really liked Willie when he was at USF, he's a manatee kid. And, um, it stinks that he got fired, but listen, he got his dream job. It may not have been the right time, but you know, anyone who thinks he shouldn't have taken that job is just ludicrous. This is something he's wanted since he got into the coaching profession. So you got to shoot your shot. You know, I'm wondering uh, if uh, how history. I mean, it's not going to look fondly on his his two years there, or a year and a half, or whatever. But I mean, you know, he did inherit a a, a mess, right? I mean, Jimbo Fisher had stopped recruiting. Uh-huh. Um, we know we know that this was not this program was not in great shape, uh, and that's probably why Jimbo left it. But you know, I, I wonder what was his biggest failing. I mean, clearly he didn't get the quarterback situation yeah. necessarily right. But the offensive line, you know, was was horrid to begin with the first year, and um, yeah. I'm I'm just not really sure. You know, I thought he had some good coaches, but I'm not really sure where where he went wrong, like where where things went sideways for him. Eh, well, I mean, we we see it here with the Bucks. You can have a great coaching staff, doesn't mean it's going to be results. That's true. I mean, you know, that's I mean, that's and we always talk about we always laud coaches, but the problem is, is it's it's what the players can actually execute and understand. So, but I'll say this about. Um, you know, Willie did, he did have it, but yeah, it, it, listen, I think his biggest failure is that the guy who's starting quarterback for Matt, uh, for Mac Brown and UNC is Sam Howell. And he was an FSU commit. He was one of their strongest recruiters after he had verbally committed to FSU. And then lo and behold, they just, things broke down. I never will understand how after you land the quarterback that is supposed to be the guy that you've targeted and you just stop talking to him, I'll never understand that. So um, to lose him to North Carolina, we're going to see the Tar Heels really flourish, I think, because of someone like him, and they've cut their teeth with him this year. Um, You know, I think uh, the offensive line never got right. 
I I don't want to speculate, but I, I from I, you know you kind of hear some whispers that, and, and I only say this because we do have a bunch of Tampa Bay kids who have gone on to play there under Willie. I think we're going to see some underlying issues start to come out. I think yes, the culture wasn't great when he got there. The problem is, is I don't think he helped it. And I think that goes back to the point that we were making. You and I have talked about this, about where we talked about, well, Willie Taggart is going to try and clean up a mess that Jimbo Fisher started. Well, Charlie Strong is trying to clean up the mess Willie Taggart started at at USF. So you can't can't think he's going to fix something when I just saw 11 guys of his get dismissed by Charlie Strong at at, at USF. So, um, you know, I think character issues, but the offensive line never got going in. When you can't land top recruits and when you're FSU, that's a problem. So I think it all was a big perfect storm and you had to do it now because of the early signing period. You know, you got to get right. a coach in there by Thanksgiving. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, FSU um, had been and has been such a great brand and you'd hate to see it, you know, uh, really take take more of a hit. So they make the move, and now, um, you know, the sort of nationwide search begins, wink, wink, nod, nod. How often do you think when these moves are made that that the athletic director and or the boosters that are paying the freight of this um, sort of are are well into the hiring phase? In other words, you know, do 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 you do you get rid of a coach without sort of knowing what your options are? I guess. And let's face it. I mean, I got to believe because yeah. of what Florida State has been and where it's located, there's got to be a ton of people interested in this job. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think we can, you know, we could argue its status among the great jobs out there, but it's still Florida State. It still holds water. Um, You know, when you're talking about Miami and I think it was Matt Baker who said Miami FSU had 61,000 at Doak and that was the lowest attended uh, Miami FSU game since like 91 at at Doak. Mm. So that's pretty crazy to think that. I mean, USF would kill for 61,000, you know, for the season. Uh, But um, I think um, when you think (laughs) about, yeah, a little dig, a little dig. But um, I I think – you have to are like I said, if you're raising all this money to get rid of a guy, then you're absolutely doing a lot of backdoor talks and um, you know, you're you're texting, you're calling it. And I think we've said this before. Even the athletic director at Alabama has a short list to replace Nick Saban. So I think the, yeah. the short the, the short list is already there. You you've had backdoor convers you know, you've had, you know, country club conversations, whatever it is. Um, I, I think they've had their short list prepared. It's just a matter of who's going to get something done. I mean, Minnesota and PJ Fleck have a long-term deal done and it's not even been 48 hours since Willie Taggart was let go. So you, you know, the rumor mill is spinning around ADs because those ADs have to get permission from agents, from other ADs, mm-hmm. from other schools. So I'm, I'm sure the, the wheels are turning, but there are some candidates out there who don't have any true employers or anyone that would be you know in the way of an NCAA gig. So those are the guys you might target first. Well, and, and yeah, to your point, I mean, if you're talking about recruiting and early signing and all that stuff, if you go with a coach who's you know uh, still operating a program, it could be much later, uh, maybe even after a bowl game or before a bowl game, before you, you, you can get him in the fold, right? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that might be announced before that, but that's kind of a messy deal. Let's, you know, there's, there's a couple, you mentioned PJ Fleck, which is a, is a great name. It's done an unbelievable job there at Minnesota. Um, one name that's circulating right now, Chris, is Bob Stoops, uh, of course, yeah. the former Oklahoma <laughs> head coach. Uh, you know, I, I think JP Peterson might've been 
um, uh, you know, sort of putting that up that he was in Tallahassee or whatnot. I haven't seen confirmation uh-huh. of any of this, but obviously Stoops stepped away, and uh, and we've seen other coaches, Urban Meyer and others, step away and then come back into it. Former assistant uh, defensive coordinator at Florida. He knows Jim Levitt. They were co-defensive coordinators at Kansas State. Yeah. His brother Mark was at Florida State. So what do you make of of, of the, if, if not the news, maybe maybe the fit that Bob Stoops would be at Florida State? Uh, I think it would be um, – I, I buy it because, I mean, he is – I think he wouldn't have taken the XFL job if he wasn't cr- hungry for something to do with football. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, the XFL and what you have to do to get ready for that season compared to the grind of college football when you're about 60 years old, it's very mm-hmm. different. I mean, he, now I think he was at, the, at this Dan Marino Foundation, which apparently was in down in Broward County, Miami, Hollywood, Florida area right. last night. And he was posting Twitter photos about the, something about tequila. So, you know, I mean, decisions are made <laughs> when you drink tequila. But um, when I drink tequila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all know that song. Exactly. But no, I think, um, you know, so was he in the state last night? Where was he? Who knows? It, it's fun for me. I always like this, Rick, and you could talk to this too, but like, I, you know, what gets me is like some people try, and I have no doubt about the people who are, I think WXTL up in Tallahassee, they've got a great sports director. She does a great job and she's kind of been on this too. And, um, so I have no doubt in the people who are trying to say this is true. Um, but what's funny to me is Rick, and you get this all the time with bucks, it's funny how many people try to pretend that they're in on something when they're not like, mm-hmm. I think they see someone report it. And then five minutes later, they say, my sources are telling, it's like, you're full of crap. Okay. Like, don't give yeah. me that. You know, and I, yeah. and I just, like, for me, it's funny because like, yeah, I'm in on USF and some other stories. And I was in on a Willie Taggart story back in the day, but it's like, sometimes it's fun to just sit back and watch something develop because some of the bigger names are just kind of silent right now saying, there's nothing. So we'll see what ends up being true. Um, but, you know, it, it's fun to kind of just sit back and let the Twitter rumor mill kind of take its kind of take its rightful place, I guess. And, uh, yeah. and and I enjoy when people try to take credit for things that really have no business being given credit for. Well, and, and very often, if you hear names right away, those are not the right names. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because right. a, lot, yeah. a lot of a lot of coaches and a lot of agencies, you know, Chris, they want their guys, if not going to be hired by Florida State, they want to put out the word that they're a candidate or that they're interested or, you know, try to get, you know, Ginny up some sort of interest from anybody, uh, yeah. much less Florida State. So it's, a lot of times it's the agents, it's the uh, the coaches themselves. Hey, put my name out there, that sort of thing. Um, and you're right. I mean, you know, I, I have the NFL example, but, I mean, very often you have no clue what's going on behind closed doors. You know, where did Greg Schiano come from, right? Yeah. Where did, uh, you know, a lot of times there's these, you know, at one point I found out that uh, the Bucks were talking to Chip Kelly. It lasted five and a half hours because Chip Kelly had recruiting signing day in two days, and he had, once it got out there, he had, you yeah. know, about six hours to make a decision or all his guys were going to go to USC and, UCLA and, and Arizona and other places. So, um, you know, very often the, 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 the actual candidate are ones that, that no one's talking about, or at least publicly, um, you know. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I think it's a good opportunity for Florida State. I think they need to get it right, though, because 
Yeah. You, you mess you mess this up again. I mean, the, the the end of Jimbo was bad. Willie Taggart was awfully bad. Um, you're going to need somebody to come in here dyna- and be dynamic and get this thing turned around before before recruits look at Florida State in a, in a way that, you know, and, and think about Bob Stoops. I mean, how many kids today even know remember Bob Stoops coaching in Oklahoma? That's true. It wasn't that long ago. And first off, I'll give him all the credit in the world. The leadership he showed stepping aside when he did for a guy like Lincoln Riley, I mean, that oh, just yeah. shows you what type of coach he is. But um, I think, to me, I don't know, when I first heard his name, I don't know what you felt. I almost felt, okay, they're going for quick fix. They're yeah. not going for the fix that right, could serve right. them long term. Because Bob Stoops, it's almost like Bruce Arians. How long are you going to do this? And it's different with NFL than it is with, with, with college, even XFL. You're, you're talking about a 12-month grind where you have to yeah. be on planes, helicopters, trains, buses, whatever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I understand he's brought in to be the face, but like, yeah, Bobby Bowden probably didn't have to go to every single kid's game to, you know, he was brought in to be the closer, like, you know, college basketball starting, you know, it's close to my heart. Jim Beheim, he never sets foot until it's time to close. That's going to be, have That's to right. be Bob Stoops. So he's going to have to have guys who can really burn, you know, every bit of energy they have to get the guys and then say, okay, Bob, you have to walk in here and finish this with mom and dad, you know? So it's, Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's going to be interesting, but... You know, Bob Stoops can't play offensive line. Bob Stoops can't play quarterback, you know, and he's a defensive guy, you know, by nature. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all translates because, yes, he went 7-5 and five his first year at Oklahoma and then 13-0, and 0, but I don't know if I realistically see that happening, you know, this time around. And let's be careful, whenever it's that second ride for somebody, it never goes as well. It's like the second bowl ice cream. It's never as good as the first. <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably a little too much there if it's, if the, if it's a big bowl. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm also, you know, the, the other thing is, is that I'm wondering, you know, what is what is in the store for Willie Taggart now? I mean, is his is is yeah. he going to be destroyed by this? Is he going to have to step back? Uh, can can he get a, a job in the AAC again? I mean, how how much damage is going to be done to his, his future and his look, and no one's having a telethon for him, right? He just walked away with like no. 18, $20 million. But, um, you know, he goes from Oregon to Florida state to unemployed in, in a matter of, of months. Uh, this can't, this can't be good for Willie. He's going to have to go back, I guess, much like Charlie strong has yeah. USF and, and maybe try to build his, his reputation again. Yeah, but I think Willie will, will unfortunately have to do it a little bit different. And if I, I don't know what his, I, I think for him, um, unless he's got this sudden itch or urge to just jump right back in like Charlie did like a week or two after the Texas firing, which I'll still to this day say was unjust and unfair. Um, mm. I think um, I, I think he takes time. I think, you know, he's got his son. He's got, you know, he's got his family. Um, so I, I, if I were him, I would. You know, like you said, you get you got money, so sit sit mm-hmm. sit the next couple months, 
and mm-hmm. people, time heals wounds. I think for him, I mean, I know he's, I know people, you know, at the times have, have done great pieces on him about how this was his dream job and how he even sat in USF offices saying, no, nope, that's the job I want. You know, he wasn't afraid to, to say that. And then he had a dream of winning a national title, being the first African-American coach and to do it at his dream school. So Bill, Willie Taggart has set his high, sights as high as you can. And for him to, mm. to kind of be brought down to earth off of cloud nine for the last 18 months, I feel all, or almost two years, excuse me. I feel awful for him as a person because he was always good to me. And um, I think it's going to have to be one of two routes. I think he'll either go to the Nick Saban school of refined coaches at Alabama, <laughs> yes, where, you be an, where you go, where you go be an analyst. Um, or I think he has a, another landing spot with Michigan with the Harbaugh's, you know, I mean, mm, he could go right up true. there and, you know, that's kind true. of, um, kind of a la and to make it USF, but Brian Gregory, when he got fired from Georgia tech, he went up to his mentor. He was at, you know, under Michigan state's Tom Izzo for yeah, so long and that's right. he spent a year up there. And sometimes to take a step back and just Jim McElwain mm-hmm. went up there, you know, just to kind of look at the game a little differently because when you go from USF to Oregon to essentially went from USF to Oregon to FSU in less than 12 months on the day, in terms of the date, an unbelievable rise. Now take a step back and allow yourself to see the game again because sometimes when you become the head coach, you lose sight of the game because you're so worried about the coaches, the coaches show or you know this photo shoot or this recruit or this and that. That's right. And you stop why you got into it. So step back. You have your money secured. Spend time with your family. I think he's, he's not going to rush it. And for anyone out there who thinks USF Willie Taggart will have a reunion – I don't know if it's in the cards. I would put the chances low. Um, so I think let let him just go and enjoy his family, and then we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, I like your idea about the Harbaugh's. They've certainly been loyal yeah. uh, to each other, and, and that that would make sense. I don't think you can go back to USF, um, you know, not the least of which they still have Charlie Strong there, which, which yeah. brings us to what's going to happen now uh, with USF and their their coaching situation they play Temple which is a very yep. good team the schedule looks pretty daunting is there another win on their schedule i mean how do you think this ends uh, this season for USF yeah I, I think um after i think the ECU game going into it i said this was legitimately maybe their last chance to win a game but you see the way ECU played tough against Cincy. Yeah. Uh, Mem- Mem- I think Temple right now, they have the same record as USF, and USF is getting healthy. I think that's important. I mean, they played their most complete game against ECU, and you mm-hmm. know the Pirates, yeah, they're not there yet, but they've got a good coach in first year, so I like what they're going to try and do there. But, um, you know, I think the good news is Jordan McLeod should be as healthy as he's been in a little while when he steps on the field Thursday night. Um, you know, we'll see if Jacquez Evans is going to play, but boy, he, he really provided a nice compliment and spark to Jordan and what he can do. Um, he can throw the ball as well as run it. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's just, I think, I, you know, I spoke with a couple of, of uh, USF people and it just, they all kind of said the same thing to me during the bye week. They said, sometimes the thing, the good things take time. And I think if you look at this locker room, I'll take this four and four locker room over the seven and oh locker room last year, because the culture is so different. And this team is built to withstand adversity. They were built when they were one and three to, to withstand it. And they have, here's nothing. They have, they have stood together on Twitter they have gone after critics on Twitter as one. We've had people end up deleting t- multiple tweets because USF players have said, you're either with us or you're not. 
That, that wow. doesn't happen a year ago, Rick. And there's a real brotherhood with this USF team. And I'll keep saying it. USF fans don't like him, but credit Charlie Strong for this. Whether he's here or not next year, give him credit because I think he has actually really taken the time to fix the things that mattered most within this program, whether it's him or someone else coming in. Look at Tom Herbin. He hasn't had to deal with too many character issues at, at Texas, I don't believe. And I think, you know, Charlie Strong is really trying to clean up a program that, whether we wanted to believe it or not, was in much more disarray than we would like to think. Yeah, there's an awful lot of merit to that, and uh, hopefully Charlie will get a chance to continue there. Um, you got to play the games. You don't know how it's going to turn out, and they got yep. Temple this weekend. All right, let's talk about the Bucs. Uh, I want to make sure to get your impression of uh, what you watched uh, in Seattle, a, a team that um, – you know, is one of the best in the NFC. They don't have a great defense, but Russell Wilson is having an MVP season. And the Bucks went up and down the field with them. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, two and six, Chris. I mean, I don't think when Bruce Arians was hired, you know, I heard that this was a reload, not a rebuild. W what is it now? Well, even if they beat the Cardinals on Sunday, they will be three and six for the third straight season. So I don't know where the – where the, where the reload is, um, certainly not in the secondary, um, mm. you know, I mean, you were, I know you were there and just, I mean, listen, I think we both agree. Jameis played a great game and I, it's like, I don't know what you think, Rick, do you, I feel like Jameis gets up for these big games, whether it be the Rams or the Seahawks, like when he knows he's facing a Super Bowl team or, a, or an MVP candidate, I feel like he raises his game. Why can't he play this way every single week? Now, granted, sometimes it's on the O-line and everything, but, man, it just feels like there are certain times when he decides, I'm going to raise my game. You got to do that for 16 games. And mm -hmm. that's because Jameis has the talent. We saw what he can do. Even against mm -hmm. Tennessee, there were, there were flashes of it. So I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think about it? I think, I think he could, if he just raised his game the rest of the year, it would be very hard not to give him a contract. Well, look, he, he's very capable. He is not a guy without a talent. No one has ever said he doesn't have talent. What they have said is that he turns the ball over and he, he makes bad decisions sometimes with the football. Um, I think it was the perfect storm for him in that you had a, uh, you know, obviously his back's to the wall a little bit, but, but you had an electric atmosphere. I don't know if people have not seen a game at that stadium. It's a college atmosphere. It's very rare yeah. for the NFL. Those fans are into it. And whether you're a visiting team or not, you, you feed off that energy. So, you know, in the NFL, it's funny. When you play good teams, uh, I don't know if, you know, it, it, it'd be hard to say they get more up for games, you know, because that would indicate that they're not up for the rest of the NFL, which doesn't make any sense, right? You're a professional football yeah. player. You should be ready every week. But I think this is what I believe it is. You know that those guys are so capable of embarrassing you that you have to raise your level because if you don't, you're going to get curb stomped and nobody wants to be in that position. So I think they, I think there's an understanding that, Hey, we better be on it or these mm -hmm. guys are going to make us look really bad in front of their fans. And it's going to go, it could get away from us and it could be really ugly. And so I think from that standpoint, I was impressed with them having energy. It was the last of what's been just a, you know, seven yeah, weeks of, of, of unbelievable travel but the Seattle Seahawks do not pressure the quarterback. You know, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. They were thirteen. They were like 25th in the league with 13 sacks. If you give Jameis Winston time to throw, like most quarterbacks in the NFL, he'll destroy yeah. you. You know, yeah. Mike Evans is having an unbelievable year. I mean, two back-to-back 180-yard-plus games. 
Um, headed to his sixth, uh, you know, straight 1,000-yard season. He leads or is tied for the lead for seven with seven touchdown receptions. Um, the guy's an absolute monster. So, you know, I wasn't surprised that Jameis played well. Although, you know, if he's able to do that, Chris, I mean, I think even the Bucks fans, even the ones that are cynical would say, well, if we're picking 8 to 12 in the draft – yeah. Why would we try to find some quarterback there? We, you know, the best option would be Jameis again, and I think he's going to make himself a lot of money, at least a franchise tag. I mean, he, you know, I've always thought that's the way it was trending, but defensively yeah. now, defensively, yeah. I think you see what the problem is with this football <coughs> team. I think after eight weeks, you can, you can, you know, we can harp on the offensive line, the lack of the running game, Jameis's turnovers, but at the end of the day, they've had three games where they've had leads and haven't been able to hold them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think it's clear that they have ignored that side of the ball too long. And, the, and, and once again, they've got a very, very young secondary. They just don't feel like that they can hold up without the pass rush to complement it. No, but what's, what's their cat? I, I, not to look, I mean, I know we want to worry about one game here, but now let's say they do give Jameis the franchise. That's what? 25 million. Is 25 that what mil plus. Yes. Yeah, around 25. I mean, is there another team out there? And I, I always look at market value. If he was on the street, would he get $25 million from some team to come play quarterback? No, but then you, but that's 25 million towards your cap for next year. What's yes, the way yes. to help fix you know, because Shaq Barrett can't stay then, and and other guys probably can't stay, and you're trying to fix a secondary not only with more picks, but also hopefully if there's a free agent out there. I mean, what's the cap? I, I haven't looked at the cap space. I don't know what. what uh, yeah, but, they'll like, be I'm in not, better shape. But, they'll be in better yeah. shape, Chris, a lot better than they are this year. They'll actually have some cap room, but they'll need to sign players because I mean, basically, if you look at their defense, for example, and say, okay, well, the defensive line is strong. Yeah, um, Vita Vey is the only guy returning. Now, how do you feel about it? JPP yeah. is a free agent. Shaq Barrett is a free agent. Um, probably wouldn't see Bo Allen again. Um, you know, uh, Will Goldston. I mean, all these guys are more than likely to move on. And Domicon Sue is not likely to be here. So yeah. you've got a huge, you know, amount of of backfilling to do whether it's through free agency or the draft and i just you know you okay let's say you can pay one of those guys let's say you get Shaq barrett back great now we still we still need like three more defensive linemen either through the draft or free agency so it's going to be tough but they're going to have some money they will have some money i mean you could see for example cam Brate's contract go away because none of it's guaranteed next year you know and that's seven eight million dollars right there so there are guys that are going to fall off this roster. I just wonder if Arians believed, and I know he drafted three defensive backs for a reason, but I just wonder if he believed that they were further along on that side of the ball than they really were because yeah. that's where that's where it's not held up is on the defensive side. Uh, no, and I mean, you know, I'll give, you know, I think you and I both agree, like Todd Bowles, give him credit. I think, you know, he's he's mixed things up. He's tried to be aggressive at times, and it's worked. Mm -hmm. you know, early mm -hmm. in the season especially, it worked when Shaq Barrett was getting like 10 sacks a game. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. guys adjust, but I, I just, I, and, I, and here's the thing, you know, they went all in on a secondary of young guys, so now you're, you're saying the, they're going to ride or die with these guys. You know, they've got yeah, a ride or die. Yeah. with Jamel Dean and some other guys. So, well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, but, you know, you know as well as anyone, Rick, if if Jason Pierre-Paul has made some cornerbacks a lot of money, you know, like mm -hmm. when he paired up with OCU Manora, you know, Michael J. Hinn and mm -hmm. a couple, of, it's very, 
you know, my, I mean, I, as a, as a lifelong giants, you know, supporter, I've enjoyed every moment when they put Brady on his back. So, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. if you get to the quarterback, you can make a lot of footballs look wobbly and you can make Mm -hmm. a lot of defensive backs look like, like pro bowlers. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting how they rebuild. I, I would love to, I think a lot of Bucks fans may agree with this. I'd love to see them just, just go for the defense, just go heavy, just, just bunch of draft picks on the defense and just build. Think, yeah. Have to. to do. Yeah. Oh, you've, like you said, they've ignored this. Side, and it's also stinks is they've put so much money into this offensive line. That is not good. Not very good. I mean, at times it's, it's either injured or it's not really to the level it should be. So, you know, you've got to win in the trenches, and I don't know if they've got the right pieces in the trenches on that side of the ball. I agree with you. I think both sides, uh, offense and defensive line, is where they're going to have to head, whether it's through free agency uh, or not, or the draft. Let's wrap it up on uh, on the Tampa Bay Lightning there in Sweden. I don't know how excited you are to watch that series, but I'd be a little concerned if I was a Lightning fan right now. Uh, It's clear that they don't want to win the President's Cup. It's clear that they're trying to eliminate all possibilities of the President's Cup. Now, once that's out of the way, I don't know what they're going to do. But this is not – this cannot be the start that that the Lightning wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, – yeah, I I, – by the way, I'm not just saying – I love listening, so I listen to you and Mr. Mr. Tom Jones, you know, and I listen to you and Eduardo and – so I was listening. I know Tom said, I think it's what, right about Christmas is when you start to worry or when you start to really worry. But yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the problem is, is that the, the penalties are still up. The injuries are, are kind of hitting at the wrong time. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. Hedman plays just for the sake that he gets to play at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I don't, you're right. I don't think this team wants to win the president's cup. And I don't think any fan cares if they do. I don't think they a trophy, whatever. <laughs> no. But I don't think they care if they if they're the best team in in hockey. But the problem is, is you still want to be one of the best teams because you want to make sure you have that seventh game. If need be, you want to make sure you can fight through a series. And here's the thing. If you want to lollygag right on through the, the season, that's fine. But, you know, you play, you practice and play, and then if you don't, if, if that's the way you're going to act for 82 games, why wouldn't you act that way in the playoffs? You can't just turn a switch on, you know, and I, I think there's going to be a hard truth that somebody may have to go at the deadline, and, and it may not be who, who Bolts fans want to see go. But, I mean, Julian Breesbaugh did nothing last year. This may be the statement year where he says, you know what, we're going to shake some things up. We've got a good enough team with some of the younger players we've given contracts to, with some of our key leadership guys. Um, there may be one guy up there who they say, you know what, it might be time. And one thing I'll say is this. I think right now the Lightning have too many smart, smart guys who are trying to act like they're the smartest guy in the room when it comes to figure out the schedule and how to best address whether they want to be the best team or not. Just go play the damn game. I mean, I'm, it's, I feel like every time I listen to, you know, Coach Cooper, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, I always feel like he thinks it's like, well, you know, I know more than you do. Well, yeah, that's why you're the coach of the team and why we're the media. But it's like you don't like you don't have to think that, you know, well, we're outsmarting everyone by not being the best. Just go play. You can win games three to one. You can win games four to two. It doesn't have to be a seven to six heart attack against New Jersey. You know, so, I mean, just go. 
just go play the games and, and stop being so smart about it. Just go play hockey. Sometimes you don't have to think. Just go and react. These guys are the best hockey players in the world. This should be the best team. But when you've got Jeremy Roenick on NBC Sports saying the once great Tampa Bay Lightning, that tells mm. me a lot of people think the Lightning can be had this year, and they don't think that there's going to be this big rising. Yeah, that's that's not not what you want to hear. But uh, they got a lot of guys that have played a lot of hockey and and know their way to the postseason. But every year is different, and they just uh, you know with some new players, they're just not off to a very good start. We'll see if they can straighten some things out in Sweden and then come back home, of course, to Tampa uh, after that. He's Chris Torello. Chris, you're working on a feature, uh, kind of an exclusive about USF and something that might change football a little bit. Yeah, so um, Shut Sports was kind of, and USF were kind enough to let our cameras in uh, during their um, fitting of this new helmet called the UR1 helmet, and it's kind of the play on words that it's a customizable helmet strictly for individuals. And so the cool thing is, is I got to test the helmet, and it's really easy. It takes about ten seconds. They have sensors inside, and then they actually place. Right in front of you, they place the pods into you know the individual spots on the helmet. They can fit you within five minutes. And um, the great thing is, is you know, in past you've had customizable helmets where okay that player leaves or goes to the NFL. Well, now it's just a paperweight. That's not the case. This helmet can be transformed into someone else's helmet, and they can put mm. it in your locker five ten minutes after they uh they basically test you so it's pretty cool and it, i think we're gonna have that thursday night on spectrum sports 360 on uh, spectrum bay news nine so um you know really cool we've gotten to do some really cool features this year with usf and i greatly appreciate everyone over there working with us and uh you know it, it's been a lot of fun and this this helmet like you said i think could really do some um could, could really change the game and they're the first ever anywhere to wear this you can watch him on Bay News 9, Spectrum Sports 360. He's the lovely, the talented Chris Torello, and we have him on pretty regularly here. Best Mike Francesa anywhere, by the way. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much. We appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Always great to talk to Chris Torello, of course. Uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to have Matt Baker, our college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times, talk a little more on Willie Taggart. Also, huge game. Of course, college game day is there. LSU at Alabama. We'll also preview uh, tomorrow night's USF Temple game as well, which will be a big one for Charlie Strong. And we'll hear from Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston today. So that'll be interesting as they prepare to play the uh, Arizona Cardinals. On Thursday, we're going to talk to Diana Neros, who covers the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times. And as I mentioned, uh, we'll get you ready for all the weekend football that we've got coming up and, of course, a game at this new ballpark they call Raymond James Stadium. I don't know... Uh, is that a new is that a new stadium? I believe it is. It's uh, somewhere in Tampa, they tell me, somewhere in sort of northwest Tampa, but uh I'll have to have to check that out and get directions. It's been a while since I've been over there. So yeah, uh busy week on the podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to us each and every day, Monday through Friday. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 